Hello and welcome everybody to a minivan in a strip mall parking lot outside of Austin, Texas. It's your boy, Justin Robert Young, joining you for this episode of Jury Daily. We are on the road yet again. I'm down here in Austin, Texas because, well, I'm going out of town for a couple weeks. We're actually going to have some guest hosts on this show, but... One of the biggest shows that I do is the Night Attack program, and so felt like it made sense to come down here and make sure that we bang out some episodes so we have that new new when I am out of the country. Uh, it's been a day, man. Uh, it, it really has, and I don't know how much I can talk about here because a lot of it is not my story to tell, but... Uh, uh, know that you are joining your your old pal Jerbs in a bit of an emotional state. I'll talk in vagaries. You know, you 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 never know whatever what somebody else is going through. In my life, I have had the fortune and misfortune of being around folks that are you know, going through some rough stuff, uh, uh, dealing with uh, some real kind of demons. And the biggest thing that I've always come to learn is that there is not only a value, there is a necessity in understanding that you cannot control the world. This is a hard thing for me because I am a child of divorce, which means, therefore, I am a fixer. I think it's the reason why Veronica Mars is one of my favorite shows of all time. Because uh, uh, being a child of divorce is her superpower. <laughs> She's like, why are you the greatest teenage detective, Veronica Mars? Oh, my parents broke up and my mom's a mess. Well, that tracks, said the rest of the characters in unison. So uh, we don't have to dwell on that. But I did just want to uh, note it up front, mostly because, uh, you know, it was the the... the top thing on my mind and I just want to put it out there to anybody who's going through some stuff and I know this is a very introspective podcast we oftentimes talk about the the nuts and bolts of our mental mechanics but I just want to let you know that you're not alone continue to walk that path understand yourself more and more and to everybody else that's going through it while the other people are going through it understand that you can't change anything you know, all you can do is be a North Star, bright yet stoic in the night sky. I don't have much more of an intro for you guys today, <laughs> so let's go ahead and get to the news. Tobacco is not just going to roll over. Nope. No, they are. They're back in pog form. Philip Morris's heated tobacco device is cleared for sale by the FDA. This written by the Daily Beast. The Food and Drug Administration has cleared Philip Morris's ICOS, that is IQOS cigarette, for sale in the United States. The ICOS is a device that slowly heats up tobacco instead of burning it, intended as a less harmful alternative to conventional cigarettes. 
The device is already sold internationally, but has triggered debate amongst U.S. health experts over its effect on public health. Health experts worry that the ICOS could attract minors, as vaping products have. In announcing the decision, the FDA said ICOS will produce fewer or lower levels of some toxins than combustible cigarettes. While the product was cleared for sale by the FDA, it has not officially been approved. That's because all tobacco products are potentially harmful and therefore not recommended by the agency. You know, this stuff deals with another story that I read the other day that the tobacco industry might be pushing to become, to raise the age of tobacco purchasing to 21. That there might come a day soon when on your 18th birthday, a rite of passage would not be to go and, uh, you know, get your first pack of cigarettes. My first, when I first, when I uh, turned 18, first thing I did is went to the corner store by my house. I bought a pack of cigarettes and a copy of Black Tail Magazine. Why? Because one of my favorite jokes of all time was a Norm MacDonald weekend update joke that went a little something like this. Is there no sanctity to the holiday season that... The Christmas edition of Black Tail Magazine is already on newsstands in October. And they did a bunch of more jokes and then came back and said, uh, correction, the Christmas episode, the Christmas <laughs> issue of Black Tail Magazine is only available to subscribers. My apologies to Black Tail Magazine. So I bought that when I was a kid, and uh, apparently now that that might not be the case. Uh, they're saying it's because they want less regulation, which I don't distrust them on, but I also think it's because they don't currently own the fastest-growing market in tobacco smoking. Uh, that belongs to the jewels of the world, which I think one of them might have made a, a big investment in, in one of those, so maybe that is incorrect, but... I think they basically just want to get out of the kid game. They're trying to save their entire business. And so they want to say, okay, well, we can market more heavily if we are over 21. Because that's part of the reason why they can't market now. You know, it's harder to market. Yeah, they get rid of Joe Camel because he looked car too cartoony. You know, he looked like a big cartoon penis in a leisure suit, smoking a cigarette with a gold chain around his neck, playing pool. On a jet ski. God damn it, Joe Campbell is a cool motherfucker. Let's go ahead and get into your emails. You can always email me, jurydaily at gmail.com. Again, jurydaily at gmail.com. M writes, on the subject of Endgame, I hate Captain Marvel. Well, I wish I had a public opinion on Captain Marvel, but uh, I appreciate you walking your path in life. And I agree with it. Did I say that? Hold on. D8UV writes... Uh, on anticipating character deaths in stories. The death count behavior of, oh, character X needs to die, but character Y needs to survive to me is a specific case of a general phenomenon. 
Part of the fun of consuming serialized media like a good long-form TV show or professional wrestling is in trying to puzzle out which decisions lead to the best story. In the case of Game of Thrones, character deaths are major tools used to drive the story, so it's fun to gossip on who should die and who should. For WWE, it's fun to gossip about who should turn heel and who should get the belt. They're both the same exact impulse. Now, I will say this. While I totally understand and agree upon the speculation of whether or not it would be more interesting if somebody died than uh, uh, lived, what I don't get is the idea that you would criticize the episode for not following your fan dictation that X amount of people need to die. Like, I, I, I don't get that. That, to me, still puzzles me. Uh, that there's there's just, I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't quite make sense to me that uh, uh, the, 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 the bloodlust for everybody. Bill writes about being death-centric. In Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, it's uh, expected that a main character is going to die at some point or another. Look at the shock and awe of the season 7 opener of The Walking Dead. People theorized for months before the episode aired about who was going to get their head bashed in. This expectation doesn't carry over to a show like Friends because the show doesn't lend itself to that expectation. While Joey might get mugged in New York on his way home from an audition, by the end of the show, he will have moved on from that issue and there won't be any lasting repercussions to his character's personality or mentality. Way different than on Walking Dead. When a main character loses its wife, it has lasting repercussions about that character's state of being. I beg to differ, good sir. I direct you to the uh, direction of Seinfeld, where George's wife died, or is it uh, wife or fiance? I think it was fiance because she was licking toxic wedding envelopes. And everybody moved right on. Bill is who wrote that. Uh, uh, thanks, Bill. Again, it's not the idea that people are expecting it. You can expect it, but if it doesn't happen, then I don't know why that is more of a disappointment than any of the other disappointments we get in building tension in a story. Like, if there is a story where people die all the time, let's take Game of Thrones. There's three episodes left. So a bunch of characters survive that you didn't expect to survive in this one episode. Then, doesn't that just heighten the tension that you know there will be more deaths going forward? Or is this just a pre-off on you being upset that too many characters survived by the end? And also... Why are you upset that too many characters survive by the end? These are the questions that I am asking. And by the way, I still want people to send in emails about this because I don't feel like I I got any emails today to the root of, and I know you're out there because some of you are friends with my with 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 me. I I I I know that you are bitching to me about how I expected people to die. I expected. Why did so many people live? That episode sucked. I have friends like this. Don't make me call these friends. I need you to email in. Meanwhile, we end today on Travis, who writes, Brisket French toast? By God, I shall not rest until I am able to experience this wonderful treat. You, sir, have truly changed the game. Mmm, that is exactly what I wanted to hear. I'll tell you what, I still think about that. Still think about that French toast. Mmm, a layer of brisket on it? I'm out in Austin, too, man. I might have to just Google brisket French toast in Austin. Figure out what the fuck is going on out here. If not, imagine if I could bring brisket French toast to Austin. Why, they would lift me up on their shoulders and parade me around 6th Street. I swear to God, they'd love me 
more than more than many of their favorite heroes. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this bad bitch up. Our producers today are Bill, Dustin, BioCal, Robert H., Brian C., M., Trey the Melodica Man, Adam, Middle-Aged Mike, and Harry Lee Smith. You can always email me, jurydaily at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Justin R. Young, and you can join our Discord at bit.ly slash jurydiscord. The jury story today came from P. Lizzle. All right. Until next time, friends, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky, but in short order, I will ask you, until next time, to please, don't, die! Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>